him and his sons and making them pay for their crimes required care and planning. Bethia needed to subdue the emotions twisting her insides into a painful knot. She knew that she would also need some help, and she could not count on finding any amongst the cowed people of Duncraig. William had a tight grip upon all who lived at the keep and on the lands. One Robert had either not seen or been too often away at court or fighting in France to break. Robert's naivete or neglect had cost him and Sorter their lives. Bethia had no intention of allowing James to join them in their cold grave. Your father was all that was brave and honourable, Bethia told little James as she entered the small dark room they shared. But he should have watched his home fires much more carefully, laddie. She settled a yawning child in his cradle and sat on the edge of her small hard bed to watch him. Sorcha's brilliant green eyes blessed his sweet little face, and his hair was only a little brighter than his mother's. The envy Bethia had sometimes suffered over her sister's often acclaimed beauty now seemed petty and sad. She might have a duller, browner hair color and the curse of mismatched eyes, as well as a far less womanly figure than her sister's, but she was still alive. Sorcha's highly praised beauty and charm had always seemed such a blessing, but they had not saved her. And she was stronger, Bethia decided as she watched the fair James fall asleep. Sorcha had been like a candle admired for its light and warmth, for the beauty of its colour-rich flame, but also easily snuffed out and left cold, lifeless. She had always been more wary than Sorcha, more able to see the evil in people. It had surprised her when Sorcha had sent word asking her to come and help with James, for Duncraig was filled with women eager and able to help care for their laird's son and heir. But Thea now wondered if finally some hint of suspicion or fear had crept into her sister's loving, trusting heart. She sighed and vigorously wiped away a tear. If it had, it had come far too late. It did, however, explain Sorcha's odd choice of words in her missive. Sorcha had asked her sister to come and watch over James, not nurse him, play with him, visit him, or aid his mother, but to watch over him. And that was exactly what Bathia intended to do. Every breath she took, every whisper of her skirts over the rush-covered floors, made Bathia's heart skip painfully as she crept along the shadowed halls of Duncraig. She knew how to be quiet, yet that skill appeared to be failing her miserably. No outcry came, however, as she made her way through the keep and out into the bailey. It had taken her three torturous days to find a way out of Duncraig, one she could possibly get to unseen, and it felt as if it was taking her almost as long to get to it. And every step of the way she was terrified that James, so sweetly oblivious to the danger he was in, would make some sound that would give them away. For each minute of those three days she had wavered between doubting her suspicions and searching for a way to flee unseen. The death of James's little puppy had brutally ended all of her doubts and suspicions. Bethia doubted she would ever know why, after blissfully eating and drinking everything brought to her and James the first day after the funeral, she had suddenly felt compelled to test the food on the second day. When the puppy had died after tasting the food, she had wept out of guilt for using the poor trusting animal in such a way and a strange mixture of fury and fear because all of her dark suspicions had been so gruesomely proven right. The fact that she had not been able to give the little animal a burial worthy of his sacrifice only added to her anger. 
She now knew that the slow, painful deaths of Sorter and Robert had been caused by poison, and not by some unnamed wasting sickness as was claimed. Finally, Bethia reached the spot she had been seeking, a small break in the wall behind the reeking stables. Robert had not only been unaware of the deadly enemies within his keep, but of the crumbling state of his keep as well. If he had seen how poorly the place was kept, he never would have left William in control of the accounts. Bethia was not sure what William and his sons were doing with the money from the lands and tenants, but they were certainly not maintaining the keep they were so willing to kill for. As she squeezed herself and James through the opening, a few pieces of the crumbling wall clattered noisily to the ground. She held herself still within the opening, holding her breath as she waited for the outcry she was sure would come. It surprised her a little when there was none. Such a noise should have caused one of the men-at-arms to at least glance her way. As she cautiously slipped out into the night and hurried toward the...